All right, how you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, along with my colleague and very good buddy here today, Paulie Dots, Paul Dottino. Once again, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. We'll be here for the next hour, taking your calls, talking Big Blue football. Uh, again, the number to call is 201-939-4513. And a reminder, we've got to remind all of you that Big Blue Kickoff Live here is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app right now to win yourself amazing Giants prizes throughout this 2018 season. And uh, Paulie Dots, lots to talk about. Where do you want to start? I guess the, the main order of business well, is what is coming up uh, this Thursday night. And uh, my attitude on Thursday night is this. Usually these um, short weeks are a pain in the butt for the players, for the coaches, for the guys in the media, the gals in the media, for all of us. But in light of the Giants game and what has gone on you know, since the weekend, I think it's good for the Giants, and I think, I think the Giants players feel that way. It's good for them. Let, let's get back out at it right away. Let, let's, let's just get back at it right away. Uh, you know, we feel like this improvement, uh, you know, there was no moral victory. They lost the game. You know, they're, they're one yeah. and four. Uh, but there were things that we saw that we liked. And, uh, again, no moral victory. But I think, I think they're anxious to get out. I agree with you, and Odell Beckham Jr. was extremely vocal about the fact that they can really build off of what they did in Carolina, maybe more so than any other game so far this year. And they really feel as though that game on Sunday is much more like the real Giants will see for the rest of the season. And if they do play like that for the rest of the season, they will certainly be competitive week in and week out, especially in what has become a quicksand in the NFC East with the Washington Redskins at 2-2, two and two, the only team at 500. Everybody else is below. But I, I will say this, and, and Coach Pat Shermer brought it up today, and I, I, he's, he has said it all along, and I've always been a believer in that. People get too wrapped up in, you know, and I, I get it. Because we're guilty of it. You, you're looking at this thing and say, well, you know, I mean, listen, if the Giants win a game and this yeah. team loses, everybody's right there. Just but, win. Exactly. <laughs> Pat Sherman said that you, you can't worry. It right. doesn't matter what anybody else is losing unless you start winning. So they need to win a game and Thursday night, uh, the sooner the better. Now, listen, let's let, let's deal with the elephant in the room right now, the Odell situation. As far as I'm concerned, uh, people are going to continue writing about it and talking about it. I sincerely believe, and this is not the Giants Chamber of Commerce talking, I sincerely believe, Paulie, that it's over with, okay? Uh, I believe mistakes were made. And listen, it's no secret here, folks. I'm a huge, you guys know that, you ladies know it, I'm a big fan of Odell's. But God love number 13. He's got to be smarter than that. I mean, and I think whether he said he doesn't regret things or not, I think he knows he's got to be smarter than that. So having said that, they move forward. And it, it wasn't an issue today. No, the locker room seems very unified to me. In fact, uh, as, as the Giants were out there earlier on the practice field today, it was Eli and Odell Beckham who were actually having their own conversation right before practice started, and the rest of the guys are, were able to get themselves going. So uh, Eli and Odell are tight. I, I'm telling you, folks, whatever you think or perceive or read, uh, we're in that locker room. We know what's going on. Uh, and Odell's teammates love the fact that he hates to lose, and I believe they understand the spirit of what it is that he has been trying to convey about them all being unified, being intense, having that drive and desire to be the best you can be every day so that on Sunday you can actually go out and win a game. I don't think anybody would ever argue his intent, his purpose, or his end game. Unfortunately, like many athletes, when they come out and say something, it doesn't always come out exactly the way that they'd like it to. Uh, it's know, Machiavellian, uh, in a way. You know, the ends justify the means. Yeah, and but, sometimes these guys put their foot in their mouths, and they don't necessarily say it as they want to. I, I would say that. Uh, but at the same point, there were certain things. He's just got to be smarter. You, yeah. you, you know, and, and you got to know 
who your friends are, okay? And quite frankly, listen, I'm not knocking ESPN or Josina Anderson of ESPN who did the interview, but I will say this. Um, she's not, Odell's got to know she's not doing the interview for the betterment of Odell Beckham Jr. or the Giants. She's doing it for the betterment of herself. And that bit Odell on the keister. Okay, because I, I will say this. I, I found it very interesting, and I'm, I'm going to say it up front. She does this, does this whole interview, okay? And now it's game day Sunday, Paul. Okay, it's game day Sunday. She does this whole interview, and, and ESPN and everybody, they got everybody talking about it for the entire week, okay? Got everybody talking about it for the entire week. And when it comes time to throw to the piece, she's not attending the Giants game in Carolina. She's doing it in Pittsburgh. And the reason I say that is because if you're going to make an issue, then be there to confront the issue with the aftermath. The same garbage happened last year with Ben McAdoo when there was a report that two guys in the locker room, uh, Ben McAdoo has lost the locker room, yada, yada, yada. Well, she was right here at the facility doing a live shot, but never spoke to Ben McAdoo or questioned about it at the press conference. So the players just got to be smart. Okay? I mean, God bless. Kudos to, to her for getting the interview. But the players got to be smart. Because as far as I'm concerned, that's two years in a row a hand grenade was thrown into the locker room and she went in the opposite direction. Well, the good news is I do believe everybody is on the same page good. right now, and, and the Giants can move forward to this Eagles game. We have an injury update for you. First of all, uh, Evan Ingram is going to be out there and try to do as much as he can in full practice off of that sprained MCL. He was injured against Houston, you'll remember, a couple of games ago, uh, and there is a lot of hope that he's going to be able to play against the Eagles. Olivier Vernon dealing with that sprained ankle. He's also going to try to go full go today at practice. Coach Pat Shermer said he was more hopeful than ever that thought, he's going to be I able thought, to play. I, I, I just don't mean to interrupt. I thought he was more optimistic than ever. More so than ever. He said as much. Right. So, so that looks pretty good for for Ov and the Giants. Certainly need him uh, on the side. Connor Barwin, who's been on a regular maintenance program all season long. He takes days off during the week during practice. Uh, he's an older guy. He's been dealing with a knee issue since a training camp. And so they want to get whatever they can out of him on game day. So he was to the side. So was Russell Shepard, who made that big catch uh, downfield in Carolina in the closing minutes of the game. He was also on the side on the bike. Don't know what the report is on his injury, but he didn't practice today either. Otherwise, everybody was a go, at, at least from the media portion that we were able to see. So the Giants look like they're, they're going into this game with the Eagles about as healthy as one could expect for a mid-October battle. And one other note, in case it wasn't mentioned, Eric Flowers is no longer a Giant. Right, which we knew yesterday well, when yeah, Pat Shermer had said right. he would either be traded or waived by 4 o'clock today. They did not get any takers, so they waived Eric Flowers. Uh, Mahalik, uh, forgetting his first name. Do you know, Dave, Mahalik's first name? The lineman who was brought up from the practice It is Brian Mahalik. Brian Mahalik has been brought up from the practice squad. Uh, he will serve as the swing tackle or the backup tackle, if you will, uh, against Philadelphia. All right, what do you say we open up the phone lines? Oh, and one more. I forgot. Aldra Grossus. Yes. He, he's got himself a, a sore quad. quad. Coach said he's still hopeful he's going to be able to kick against the Eagles, but they did bring back uh, Marshall Kane uh, from the pra uh, onto the practice squad. He was here during training camp. And, and when asked uh, when it, will a decision be made, Sherman emphatically made it very clear it's going to be a game-time decision. Yeah. So, Cone. Marshall Cone. I'm sorry. I mispronounced his right. name. My apologies. Uh, Brandon, am I looking that this J on line three is from Japan? Correct. If he's from Japan, I don't want him holding on any longer. So let's go to Japan. Absolutely. And speak with Jay. Jay, how you doing, buddy? Hello. You're on with Russ and uh, Paulie. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you guys doing? What's Hi. going on, Jay? All right. So I just want to ask a question. Um, the offensive line in the last game has been fairly good. Like it's gotten Eli 2.6. 2.6 seconds. They've been better. The ball. 
They've been better. Not run blocking, though. Yes. Only in pass blocking. In fact, Paulie and I were just right. talking about the run black, uh, blocking before we got on air. Go ahead, Jay. Right. So teams are not really, like, scared of the running game, right? And we're not – do you think we need to utilize a more – utilize more screens going forward? Well, I – kind of, like – I think that's part and parcel to y- y- you seeing um, Saquon get the ball on, on checkdowns and what, but – I would think two things. I would say yes to your question about, you know, screens. I'd like to see that. I've always wanted to see more of that with the Giants. I used to say when Brandon Jacobs was here, I always wanted Brandon Jacobs to get more more screen passes, seeing him running with a full head of steam. But I, I agree <laughs> with you on that. As far as the run game, though, um, and Paul and I were talking about it at length before we got on the air, to me, there's some questions there because there were too many times. And, and Paul suggested right. to me that maybe, you, you know, they're, um, they're, they're reading uh, the plays coming uh, very well. But to me, the blocking, listen, there were guys in the backfield just about when Eli was handing the ball off. So um, a, a lot of the runs that uh, Saquon was making, I was going to say Odell, a lot of the runs that Saquon was making – he was making on his own superstar ability. On his own, yeah. Jay, I think so, I think part of the problem here, and and I I'd like to see screens, but that's not what this offensive line's built to do. To to, right. to run those screens, you got to be able to have guys who are very mobile horizontally, who can get out there and form that picket fence for you on the edge. That is not the, the talents that these offensive okay. linemen have. They just don't. I mean, and you have to understand that same problem with the run blocking. This is not a power-blocking offensive line. Solder is more of a technician. Uh, Omame is more of a technician. Greco is more of a technician. Wheeler is going to be more of a scrapper, but he's not a big, strong, powerful guy. Hernandez is the only guy amongst the five starting offensive linemen that the Giants have right now who is equipped to power-block straight ahead and knock somebody backwards off the ball. That's one out of five. That means they're just not going to be a power-rushing team like I'd like them to be. I understand that. The line's not built that way. It's not built for screens. It's not built for power straight-ahead running. But what they can do, they can use combo blocks, they can use zone blocking schemes, and they can try to move the ball effectively that way. What time is it in Japan, Jay? Oh, it's 2.43 right now. In the morning. God bless you. Now, that's that's a big blue fan. Okay, sure Jay. Is. Any All right, th- thanks, guys. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. 2.45 in the morning calling from Japan. That's pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. What do you say we go to, again? 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go to our friend in Pennsylvania, Joe. Hello, Joe. You're on with Russ and Paulie Dots. Hi, guys. Uh, hey, Joe. Uh, uh, I hate to just say this, but I'm just—I just got to bring it up for one minute. There, the refs. I says, you look at the, the last play. You know how he, uh, our uh, defensive guy was uh, tripped and then thrown to the ground in the Saints game. They didn't call it, and then you look Collins' play there, where you know what I mean. He might have brushed against them or so, and and there's a flag. It's just no, you know, no justice. You know, Joe. Uh... Listen, my friend, a thousand percent correct. Let's not get bogged down on this simply because. I, I understand. No, 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 Joe. Comes, hear, hear me it, out it a second. Does Joe. Come down to a couple plays of the game. But that Joe, Joe, around. Joe. They are close. Joe, hear and me. Joe, disgusting. Joe, Joe, buddy, hear me out a second. At length, the last time Paulie and I were here, we spoke at length about. The officiating. There's no sense keep going over and over and over well, and they, over. Well, they the... have to be held accountable. Joe, That's all Joe, I'm, I'm so... asking you to please let me finish, and then I'll Go let ahead. you speak. I apologize. Okay, we know that. I, I I said it during the game. I tweeted it out. I've been talking about it. People have responded across the board. I can't say it be any more clear. I said it across the board. The officiating and the rules in the NFL right now sucks. That was my exact terminology, okay? It is what it is, and it has to be straightened out. They are getting big-time heat 
from everybody in the league. Let them figure it out. But for us to continue about it, all we're going to do is get more frustrated. So let's would, let's would, move would on. You guys, would you guys be open to you know you can uh, open to uh, uh, call on that to review that play or no? Uh, to, no, uh, Joe. Uh, again, please, let's not get bogged down on this because if, okay. you, if you start reviewing penalties, you're going to be – the game's going to be six hours, okay? Okay, oh, okay. moving on. Uh, it's just disgusting. With Beckham there, I think it's just frustration wanting to win. Now, going on to this Giants and Eagles game, I, you know, the last game there, I hope Shermer's calling Eli in and taking his opinion and stuff on this game plan because in December last year, he – pass for 430 yards against the Eagles. Uh, the, uh, well, the, the weather the, might not hold up to that, but but their defense, the Eagles, is the same. And and they they you know we got to look at what we were doing so well in in that game and that Eli uh, Eli did so well, and we did not even have Beckham in that game. Well, okay, Joe, listen, buddy, thank you for the call. Appreciate it as always. Remember this one thing, yeah, Eli. They're going to go back and look at what Eli did well, and, and Coach Sherman said, of course, they're going to go back and look, look at the film. But also, your defending Super Bowl champion Eagles are going to go back and look at the film and figure out why Eli was doing that so well. So it, it, it's not like it's a given. I'm not looking for another uh, 400 yards, whatever it was. You're not. Are you? I wouldn't be shocked. Okay. Eli, Eli tends to tear them to shreds. Their secondary is not very good. Uh, Jalen Mills at one of their corners knows Odell Beckham very well and Beckham says it's, it's fun going against him and usually he beats him with double moves because they give too much cushion and then when they try to close it off Beckham can go double move on him and he blows by him the Giants habitually in fact Eli's best two games last year were by far against the Eagles he shredded them Russ and now the, the best guy they had back there I mean in terms of uh, uh, leadership and, and getting guys placed right, Rodney McLeod, their safety, is out. So they're even further decimated than the secondary. And I remember talking to Dave Spadaro of Eagles.com. He's their senior writer uh, right before the season started. And he said the biggest question they have is their back seven on defense. The, he, he just did not know if that back seven was going to be good enough for them to even have a chance to defend their Super Bowl title. And right now, it does not look very good. Listen, uh, your mouth to God's ears, but I'm not counting on 400 yards. In fact, you know what? I don't don't, don't count on 400, but count on Eli having a big game. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm, no, I'm not gonna. He had dispute over 320 that. last week. I, I'm I'm not gonna d dispute that. I, I'm I'm just saying. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see an improvement in the ground game, and, and that means we're gonna get a lot more yardage on the ground and less in the air. That's what I want to see. I still want to see more balance coming out of the ground game. Just what sure. you and I were talking about. Let's go down to Orlando and speak with Jose. What's up, Jose? You're on with Russ and Paulie. Hey, hey Russ and Paulie. How you guys doing today? How Hi. you doing? All right, man. I haven't seen you guys working together, so that's pretty cool. I like you both, man. You guys <laughs> do a great job. Thank All you. All right, Jose. Thank you. You guys make me homesick, man. <laughs> what can we do for <laughs> so, you, buddy? So, listen, just listening to what I, I've heard uh, lately, I know about the injury report and stuff like that. And I know that Coach Shermer is hopeful on OV, but you know what? It'd be great to see him, but I won't be surprised if he's not playing because that's a high ankle sprain, and those things usually last eight weeks. So, I mean, I love that he's hopeful, but I'm not putting all my, you know, eggs in that basket, just FYI. If, if he can play, you know, like back in the day when we had the guys like Harry Carson and Banks and stuff, put a little dirt on that thing. And especially with this game, this is a big boy pants game, guys. Well, Jose, Jose though, let, let, let me stop you there for a second. because And, and Pat right. Shermer uh, made sure he emphatically stressed it today how much. Uh, when, you, when you say this is a big boys game, trust me on this. Olivier Vernon is a very big boy. He, he, he's oh, a I tough doubt that. Well, he, he's a tough guy. And, and Coach Shermer emphatically stressed how much. He's been working to get back. So he's anxious to get back. And, no, I don't think this is going to go eight weeks. And this is the first week I'm genuinely optimistic about him getting on the field. Whether he does or not, it is Thursday night. It remains to be seen. Yep. But, but uh, right. listen, taking nothing away from, you know, our friend Carl and, and Harry, 
uh, friends, Carl and Harry, you know, but they were certainly big men. OV is a big man, too. I hear you. I hear you, Saul. But I'll tell you one thing, though. With the weather conditions that we have, you know, that ankle has to be 100%. But you know what? If I see him out there, I'm going to be, like, so happy for OV and, and for the team. I don't doubt it. But you got to remember something, man. As a diehard Giants fan, we're playing that other team, that green team that, that <laughs> I don't like that. I don't even say their damn their name. I just don't, I don't like them. And you know what? They're calling us out in our house. And this game is huge because a loss is basically this is our season. So I'm just hoping that these guys come up, come up to play. As far as the offensive line, Paulie, like you were talking, saying that they're tacticians, not really physical guys. But you know what? I played a little ball before. I wasn't a professional. I'll tell you that much. But when it comes down to a game when someone's calling you out and that line is drawn in the sand, you got to dig deep and do whatever you need to do to win. So I'm just fighting for go big, big blue, and hopefully they'll do something and just come out and win this one, man. Just win. All right, Jose. Thanks for the call, buddy. All right? Take care, guys. All right. Thank you. Let me just add to that, Ross. As far as Jose's concerned about, about the O-line, uh, we know Will Hernandez is a junkyard dog. He will fight you tooth and nail for the last crumb of food on your plate. There's no question about that. Chad Wheeler has shown that he will scrap. He injured his finger in the game last week. They said he was questionable to return. He got back in that game, and he fought. Enough enough to get the Giants a go-ahead touchdown there with Eli in the final couple of minutes of the game. So you know he's tough, right? and he's not going to back down from anybody. Uh, Omame, again, may not be the power blocker that a power running game needs. But his attitude is he's going to get in your face. And, and at least he's going to show you some fight. Now, he may not have the physical skills necessarily to be a power blocker, but I do like his attitude. Greco, obviously an overachiever and a guy who also is a scrapper, as is, as is uh, Nate Solder over at left tackle. I have no problem with the mentality of any one of those guys up front. It's just that their physical gifts do not lend themselves to a straight-ahead mauling power-blocking scheme other than Hernandez. That that does not impugn at all their attitude, Russ, and I want to make that clear. Well, I, I don't think, I mean, I, I don't think we've ever questioned. I, I, I can't recall a lot of the fans questioning the attitude of the offense. Well, I just line. want to make it clear to the yeah. coach that these guys do have fight in their attitude. Just because they may not be talented enough to be power-run blockers, that doesn't take away their heart or their soul, or their ability to try to be gritty and help Eli move the ball. 201-939-4513, the number. Got to remind you folks that Big Blue Kickoff Live here is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes throughout this 2018 season. Let's now go uh, down to Maryland and check in with Nigel. Hello, Nigel. You're on with Russ and Paulie Dots. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. How you doing, Nigel? Doing well, doing well. I'm going to be brief. I'll try to be brief because I know you got a lot of callers. Um, I'm going to try to focus on the positives because it's so easy to focus on the negatives. It was a gut-wrenching loss, but it's a quick week. Got to turn around, look at the next game. Um, I'm really pleased with – really got to look at Rosas because because of the way – how bad last year was and how good he's been through the last, through these past few games. I got to really give him kudos his leg strength, his accuracy on field goals, even though that, that kick out kickoff out of bounds cost us three points. That was hey, a blemish. Yeah, that was, that that was, was a blemish. Big blemish, but you're right. Yes. You're right. But, yeah, he's been really good this year. He's been really good. I want to say on the last game, the pass blocking, they kept up Eli pretty clean. I believe it was just one sack they gave up. Yep. And, I, I mean, even though conversely, you know, there's complaints about the run blocking, but I'm trying to shine light on the good things here. And there are five, and we we have five more division games, and we're right, we're we're really right there. So if we can just focus on that, in regards to the Eagles coming up, it's a short week division game. I see a big a big challenge for the D line. If we can get Ovi, that'd be great. If not, we got to try it out the guys we got. And and the thing that I'm really looking at is out of all the teams that we've already played, this team has a quality tight end, and that has always been. A big, a, a, a big uh, thorn in the side defensively for us. We've been historically historically poor. Yes, again, right about that. And Ertz so, knows this team very well too. Absolutely. So I want to really see how if our our safeties and linebackers can step up to the challenge in dealing with Ertz because 
this, that's going to be the real challenge for this team. And Nigel, interesting point. The Giants are only allowing 30% conversions on third down this year, the fourth best defense in the National Football League on third down. So to me, if I were the Eagles, and I'm not trying to give them any secrets or tips as to how to orchestrate their game plan, but I would try to make hay with Ertz on first or second down because if they wait till third down, the Giants have done a really solid job of shutting people out and forcing them to punt the ball. So, Correct. you know, that to me, it's, it's, it's first down that I'd be most concerned about. Correct. And just hearing Ajay is out, so that, you know... No Corey one, Clement no is their basic, basic running back now. You're right. He's, yeah. he's the guy. Yeah, Ajay being yeah. out is a, a torn ACL. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah, big deal. Enjoy the coverage, guys. All Go right. Big Blue. Okay, Nigel, thank you for calling, my friend. 201-939-4513 is the number. Now let's go to Chris and Alamucci. Chris, how are you today, buddy? Hey, I'm doing I'm doing all right, guys. Hi, Paul. Hi. Hi. Uh, you know what? I'm not a big fan of these Thursday night games, but considering uh, after Sunday, uh, Thursday can't come uh, soon enough to turn the page. So. <laughs> I, co- I concur, my friend. I, as I said at the top of the show, I, I think this is one week. You know, let's get it on. And I, more importantly than me feeling that way or, or the fans or what, what media, whatever, it's most important that the Giants feel that way. I, I think they want to get out and they want to get a W in the worst way. Yeah, absolutely. They can't go 0-2 in a division. This is, this is a must game. Cannot go to 1-5. and That being said, the Eagles are pretty banged up themselves, so they, and they're coming off. They're going to have a short week as well. My question to you guys and uh, – Paul, maybe you could dive into the film. I don't, I don't know if you've done that. I'm sure you have already. But uh, considering the Eagles uh, run that uh, wide nine yeah. um, on defense, and considering the Giants have a, have, haven't been able to run the ball very well, it seems like Barkley makes a lot out of nothing. Do you think the approach is between the tackles? Do you think it's going outside to the, to the right side, left side? What, what do you think the approach is running the ball? You know, for me, I would absolutely try to run it in the A and B gaps specifically the B-gap for me, um, I, I think you're right. The wide nine will open up holes on the interior because the whole point of that wide nine is to create space among the offensive linemen as they have to block horizontally so that either you get guys off the edges or open up gaps in the middle where the linebackers can come through and blitz. So what you, what you want to do with Barkley is you want to be able to isolate him against a defender man-on-man. You're not going to pick up everybody. Because they're going to have their standard four guys coming. And they'll probably send one or two extra guys. So they might have six on five, which means they could easily have an unblocked defender. But now what your job is, as, as uh, uh, Barkley with the ball, it's your job now. If everybody gets blocked up and it's you against one defender, you've got to make that guy miss. But that's what Barkley does. Barkley is so good at making that first guy miss that if he can get that juke, and, 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 you know, somehow penetrate beyond the line of scrimmage. See, my biggest problem right now is that Barkley's getting contacted behind the line of scrimmage on almost every handoff, Russ. Exactly. Uh, that's my problem. Well, Chris, uh, Paul and myself were talking prior to coming on the air. I mean, his, his gains have been strictly, you know, most, most of them, I'd say just about darn near all of them, have been on his own skills. You know, his own superstar skills. And I, and I don't throw out the word superstar lightly. This kid is a superstar. But there were too many, uh, far too many, like minus two or minus three. And just because, not he was not because he was trying to do too much. I mean, they were on him almost when Eli was handing the ball off. See, yeah, here's the, here's exactly the thing. Right. Yep. If, when the Eagles send the extra rusher, and they're going to send somebody probably through the A gap and one of the B gaps... Or, you know, it remains to be seen exactly what blitz their call. The key for the Giants is if they're going to run against that, two things have to happen. Either one, they got to make sure that they don't run headfirst into the run blitz because that means no game. I mean, there's, no, just, yeah. there's just no way around it. You run into a run blitz, it's going to be Saquon putting his head into some guy's chest. There's not going to be any room because the gap is going to be filled by the blitzer and, and there's going to be nowhere to go. So that's number yeah, we one. we saw that against the Dallas. We saw it against the, uh, the Cowboys Correct. that happened Correct. a couple times. Yeah. So, so a couple right. things have to happen. First of all, he, he's got to be patient enough, and the Giants also have to identify where the blitz is coming from and where it's going to go to so that if, let's say, the blitz is coming through the, through the, the left B gap of the defense, well, 
you know what? If they, if they identify it properly, well, Saquon, when he gets the ball, he cuts to the, to the other side. And then there's going to be a crease there, and now the only guy who's going to be manned up against him is one of the guys on the second level of the defense. Now, if he makes the juke move, all of a sudden it's a 15-yard gain. So that's the kind of thing that has to happen for Barkley to make big yardage on the ground in this game. All right, Chris? All right, actually, last thing. I want to make a little prediction. Um, a little salt in the wound would be nice. I'd like to see Connor Ballin make a, make a, make a big play. Uh, would love to see it. Would love to see it. Fan favorite over there. So yes. would make a nice play on Thursday. Thanks again, guys. All right, buddy. Thank you. From your mouth to God's ears. I, I tell you what, Connor is another good guy, especially in that locker room. And he he had. I'm not saying the the ability. We know he has the ability, but he 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 makes a big play when a big play is needed. He made a nice one in Carolina yeah, last week. He certainly did. He gets close a lot of yes, times. Yes, he does. Yeah, and yes, he doesn't does. maybe have the explosion he had when he was younger to finish some of those plays. Uh, but he he's he, he takes care of business when he's out there. He, he was a very good acquisition. Again, we're going across uh, way out uh, to Europe and check in. Are you in, serious? In Denmark with Jason. Jason, how are we doing hey, what's today? what's going on, guys? What's going on, Jace? The international version of BBKL. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, was, I was telling the call checker that you're getting a lot of international calls today. That's good to hear all these Giants fans from all over the world. What, what time is it in Denmark, buddy? Oh, it's only 8 o'clock here, so uh, I'm not up at 2 o'clock in the morning like Jay in Denmark, in uh, Japan. All you right. Know? Well, what do you got for us, Jay? But, but, but but the games are a little painful in the middle of the morning, especially when we lose like we did in Carolina, you yeah. know? Well, it's painful. in the morning. It, it's painful going to... couch and tears, you know? That, that sounds like, a, you know, one of those romantic novels, you know? <laughs> Sitting on the couch crying, you yeah. know? But um, if you could shed some light for me, and, and, I'm, and you know, sometimes I don't catch all the, uh, the you know, the news briefs and the postgame and so on. There was a series, um, I want to say in the third quarter, where we were heading towards the red zone and Barkley seemed to be sitting on the bench. Um, could you shed a little light on why that was? Uh, I, I know one play don't make a game. I'm not, I'm not going there. I, I just wondered because I was sitting on the couch and I think it was like two or three calls. And Barkley, I think even the announcer said that, why is Barkley on the sideline? Uh, can you shed some light on why that happened if you remember that series? Okay, I'm looking for the series right now. Would that have been, uh, let's see, late third, late third quarter it would have been, I right? I think we were in the red zone, but we were getting close. Okay, that, that's when uh, the Giants had actually gotten the ball after a 26-yard completion of Sterling Shepard brought them down to the uh, 25 of the Panthers. It was first down, and then Eli tried to hit Beckham on a slant, and the ball was picked off. Uh, that drive was only a four-play drive. They started at their own 22 and Shepard caught passes of 28 and 26 on the series. I believe Goldman was in on that series, if I'm not mistaken. And that simply would have been yeah. just to give Saquon a rest. Yes. I mean, you know, he's human too, all right? He's, he's entitled to get a couple of moments to catch his breath. Not, not just entitled, uh, Jace. <laughs> he needs it. I mean, you, you know, I, I mean, listen, he's a big, young, strong guy. You know, I, I mean, he's built like a... Uh, Brick outhouse, if you know what I mean. But uh, I think it was yeah, just—I think it was nothing more than giving him a blow. That's all. Okay, I, I was just wondering. Like I said, I'm—I'm I'm not going to be one of those fans, you know, like say one play made the game or anything like that. You know, if he wasn't sitting down, we would have won. I'm not one of those fans. Right. But uh, you know, I just wondered maybe he was a little hurt or maybe it was just something like rest. And um, it's good to hear that Coors Light has uh, taken over the show as far as your sponsors go because. Sometimes I'm sitting here in Denmark and I want a Coors Light, and every time y'all say that, I'm like, "Oh my God!" Oh, I wish come, I was back in New York right now drinking a Coors Light. Oh, Jason, come on, tell the truth. Are you an Are you an executive over in Europe for Coors Light? <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Yeah. Thank Thanks very much, Jace. Yeah, we talk again soon. Okay, pal. Okay. Thank you. Well, based on Jason, we got to remind you, folks, once again, that Big Blue Kickoff Live here is presented by. Coors Light, so download the Coors Light Rewards app to win yourself amazing Giants prizes throughout this season. Uh-oh, uh, we got a problem on the line. I got a bad feeling about this. Hallelujah. Losing his mind. Mr. Illness. He wasn't right in the hat. Enough jokes. I am happy. You're a madman. And here we go. 
What a glorious day. It is such a glorious day today. It is one of the best days in New York Giants franchise history. Finally, finally, I won't have to talk about Eric Flowers ever, ever again. Now, but you see something, Charlie? Th- that, that's the difference because Paulie and I were saying once we heard that Eric Flowers was out, we said to each other, along with all the other hosts, thank goodness we won't have to hear Charlie talking about Eric Flowers again. And lo and behold, here's Charlie from Portland, Maine, talking about Eric Flowers again. And he's still, and he's no longer a giant. How about that, Charlie? I just say it's a glorious day. It's about time. It should have been done a long time ago, but now we can move on. Yes, we can. So let's move on, Charlie. How's that? Yeah, no problem. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I hope uh, now, you know, I know we just uh, signed the guy from the practice squad, but after Thursday's game, which we are going to win, we've got, what, seven, nine, nine days before the next game, ten, yeah. game, ten days. Yeah. I hope they bring in a couple of offensive linemen veterans to compete to see if they can get better than the guy that we just brought up on the practice squad. So I'm hoping that that's going to happen, and I think they'll do their due diligence, and DJ will uh, actually do that. Actually, uh, and thank you as always, Charlie, for the call. I I think uh, we've heard that the Green Bay, uh, that the Giants have asked permission from the Green Bay Packers to sign Jerry Kramer and Forrest Gregg. Okay, they're going back into the bag of tricks. They want more offensive linemen. You, you know, Charlie, uh, I'm, I'm, I think you're aware of this. I'm not, I'm not being uh, uh, revealing any secrets here. But you know, almost every Tuesday, the Giants bring in a bunch of street free agents who they work There's out. Guys working out. You know who they work out. Sometimes it's five or six. Sometimes it's ten or twelve. And they're various positions. And they have had a number of guys come in. Uh, over the last month or so, who have worked out for this team. And, you know, to this point, they haven't necessarily found anybody who they deemed worthy of the 53. So I can only tell you the radar is on. If if there will be some very bright blip that will suddenly appear on the screen and give them a, an added boost, they'll get the guy. But there hasn't been one yet. And so I appreciate the fact that you you would like to help them look. Maybe you can make some phone calls and dig up an offensive lineman. Oh, no, no. By all means. Jerry Kramer, who's just been put into the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Like I said, dig up. (laughs) You know, I mean, it it is what it is. But I will say this. um, Chad Wheeler did show me a lot the way he did come back into that game the other day. And then he even talked to me on on the way uh, walking off the field after a heartbreaking loss. So many guys were just crushed by it. And, and he was, you know, very philosophical about it. He's like, hey, man, 63-yard field goal. I was like, you know, same thing happened in Philly last year. 60-plus-yard field goal beats him on the final play. It's, it, it's ridiculous. It's one, it's one thing it's to snake, have. Snake pit. It, it's one thing to have somebody kick a 60-plus-yard field goal against you at any time. But to do it at the end of the game when the g- game is on a line and time is expiring, I mean, oh, my God. And and that ball, that ball was going to go through from 73 yards. He crushed it. I I mean, that was a bomb. Gano, Gano absolutely lit it up. And I will tell you this, too. um, Funny part about, you know, the whole situation there is that the Giants actually had an opportunity. They had to put one second on the clock. Now, you folks who are watching the game on TV, you don't know what happened. Do you know? Do you even know? Well, there was I, another play. I, actually, I just found out about it. Well, you, you didn't know till today. No, go ahead. Okay, Tell here's them. what happened. I found out just before uh, Dan Colony told me. Up until then, you did not know. I did not know. See, I don't know how many people I, I in New York know. I bet your brand that doesn't know. I'm, I'm going to let you guys in Listen on a little secret, okay? You may not know what happened. Uh, if you were just watching the telecast on Fox 5, you almost had a Heidi game situation. Because Gano drills the 63-yard field goal, and yeah, it hit the net. I mean, easily would have been good from another five yards. Might have been as much as 10, I don't know. But it certainly would have been good from nearly 70. So he makes the field goal. Everybody pours onto the field. And I've seen the tape of the Fox broadcast. They signed off with the final as the Panthers win the game. Well, everybody starts pouring out onto the field, and within a couple of moments, the officials are pushing everybody back. Because there was actually one second left, which meant there had to be a kickoff. 
And quite honestly, the ball doesn't start or the clock doesn't start on a kickoff until the opposing team does something with it. So if you kick a touchback or kick it out of bounds, that means the offense gets to come on the field and want to play. So what happens? The Giants immediately in the scramble send Odell Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard both back to the goal line. So they had two kickoff returners. That goes back to the 70s when when we were kids. Remember that? Used to have two kickoff returners on kickoffs. So they send them back to the goal line. And wouldn't you know, Gano kicks the ball to Beckham among all the dumb things to do. He kicks the ball to Beckham. Beckham takes off, and he's zigzagging, and he's doing this and that with the one hand. And he he returns the ball over 20 yards, flips it to Sterling Shepard. Shepard gets the ball. He's zigzagging. He's going through traffic. He runs another 20 yards. The Giants get the ball to near midfield. And and Shepard is down near the Giants' sideline now in front of the bench, and he's running out of room. He may or may not have had an alley. I couldn't tell from my angle, but he then tried to flip it back to somebody else. And that's when the ball fell incomplete and, and, and the game finally ended. But they came within, I don't want to say a hairline because that may be overplaying it a bit, but they had something going on this kick return, nearly a gadget play that certainly made people hold their breaths. And you folks in New York never saw the play. After that excitement delivered by Paulie, I need a Coors Light right now for crying <laughs> out loud. Oh, my goodness gracious. But no, you want to know what? Nobody was talking about it. You didn't read about it. You didn't hear about it. You knew nothing about it. I I just found out before I was walking in here. Well, you know why? Because the writers all headed down. Everybody. I'm sure they headed down from the press box. I don't think any of the writers even saw it. Well, I mean, once you saw the celebration, you say, ah, screw this. Let's let's go. Yeah. Let's be done with it. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. Well, and how ironic. Years ago, Russ, you may remember this. The Giants had a play, and they called it their own version of the Philly special, where they almost scored on a gadget play kickoff return for a touchdown at the end of a game. It was probably about 15 years ago, and and they got stopped like at the 25-yard line. Yeah. I mean, they, they went like 70 yards or 80 yards on the kick return with a couple of funky things. And, and they got stopped. I want to say about 15 years ago. John Berger upstairs would remember the play because I remember I actually diagrammed it. And I put I, I put the schematic in the Bergen record where I was working at the time. The next day, I actually diagrammed the entire play. Right. And it was really, it was wild to look at. And, um, and, and it's the only time that I could ever remember the Giants coming close on a kickoff return for a touchdown in a desperation situation. This was probably the second closest I've ever seen. Because you got the impression that Shepard Shepherd maybe was one or two tacklers away from maybe breaking the thing. All right. Well, but to think that that almost happened, not that it almost happened, and one second left, you know, if you're watching that, believe me, if you're a Giants fan, you'd be jumping up and down. Oh. Here we go. You're holding your breath. It's Odell. It's the- well, think, think about this. And here's the worst part, Russ. Think about this. Had there been just a few more seconds on the clock, and they had pulled off that kind of gadget play up to near midfield. Right. All of a sudden now, well, not, maybe Rosas has a shot yeah, to kick it, a 70-yard field goal, or Eli has a chance well, no, to throw a 10-yard pass for Rosas to kick if, a field if goal. If there's 10 more seconds in the game, maybe that's exactly what you do. You have time for a pass to kick a field goal. Very interesting. Very oh, yeah. interesting. So you folks never saw it. Thanks, Fox. <laughs> you, you lost the final play. All right. And I'm sure I would have loved to have seen... Holy dots on a sideline with one second left watching that. Well, my face was already incredulous from the field goal. Right. And now I'm watching this other play and I'm like, oh, wow. You know, it, was, it, it would have been too much to take to see two incredible plays like that back to back. When I saw that field goal, I'll tell you what it brought back memories to me because I remember it like yesterday. You remember Dempsey? I I don't, f- folks, for those of you who don't remember Tom Dempsey of the New Orleans Saints, big, big guy like an offensive Burly lineman. Fella. I, I think he, he might have been an offensive lineman in college. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't remember that. Oh, I don't think that's the case. I, I, I don't know. He was but, a thick fella, that's for sure. He, he also... Club foot. He had a club foot. And, and No, no, he, he had a club no, foot. No, Brandon, like, this like, is for real. And, and I'm not uh, being sarcastic. I believe... He had one arm. Yes. He yes. had he had one arm. 
So he kicks this 63-yard field goal, okay? He kicks the six. Brandon's looking at me. You can't believe it. No, these young people. So now, wait a minute. You know, come on. Uh, Alex Karras. We'll get you rattled after the show. He kicked it against the Detroit Lions. Yes. Now, Alex Karras, who's a Hall of Famer. Yes. Alex Karras, great defensive lineman, uh, you know, for the Lions and and an actor. He was Mongo in um, Blazing Saddles. You know, and, and, and a bunch of other things. Um so he comes on Johnny Carson, and he Carson asks him about the sixty-three yard field goal, and I'll never forget. Um, <laughs> Karis goes, "Are you kidding me? Here we got got to come back on the field. I'm watching this fat guy with a half a foot and one arm come on the field, and he's looking to kick a field goal, and then he kicks it." And he says, it sounded like a bomb. As soon as he kicked it, I knew it was good. Unbelievable. 60, and that's when, it, that's when your kickers weren't your soccer-style kickers. Right. That was with a club foot. Straight on. Straight on. I'll, I'll never forget that. But I'll tell you what. This one, forget 63. I'm telling you, this one was, it hit the net. I he, was, he was making it from 73 yards. Russ, I was on the giant sideline at about the 20-yard line. Oh. As soon as he hit it, I knew he had the distance. It was either going to be right or left or go through. And then when it went through and, and hit the net, it was like, are you serious? Oh. Really? I, I, I'll, I'll tell you, that was just, um, you know. And, and as I'm looking at the score, <laughs> as I'm looking at the score, I'm saying, this is when the Giants were losing, okay? When it was 30... Um, 20, uh, 30, uh, 24. Right. The Giants, I'm saying, my golly, by golly, they're going to get over, they're going to get their 30 points. They're going to get 31. Okay, they're going to go over 30. And then I go, oh, no. <laughs> but now we're going the other way. They're going to get the 31. and Well, whatever. Let's just beat the Eagles on Thursday night. How about that? <laughs> okay. And with that, let's uh, go to Rochester. Again, the number is 201-939-4513. We've got... I just want to make it clear. You guys don't get any of these 1970s memories from any other hosts except us. There you go. Because we are dinosaurs, and we love every second of it. I, Thank I, you, Russ. I, I don't even... Was that the 70s or the 60s? That, that, that was in the 70s. The Dempsey was the 70s? Yes, it was. All right. Let's go to Rochester now and check in with Doug. Doug, how you doing, buddy? Hey, what's up, Russ? Uh, what's up, Paul? Paul Russ, I, I know Paul Lance and all that, man. They call me Dougie Fresh. <laughs> how you doing? Um, yeah, um, I want to run something by you guys. Um... Well, Aaron Flowers, you know, like Pat Summers said, just got to get another tackle. That's all I want to say about that. But um, after the post-game show, I talked to Roman Lance. Okay, um, uh, Russell, uh, do you remember on the Giants' first drive, um, third down, Russell Shepard, um, Eli went to Russell Shepard, and the guy, I forgot what cornerback or safety was, had him behind the back like he hugged him, like he was ready to kiss him. Do you remember that play? They, they, they didn't call. They didn't call it. Well, you know what, Doug? Again, we've been talking about it. Not, not to you, you know, dissuade you from from discussing something, but yeah. But it, I just, I just got in the show, Russ. I didn't know. No, no, no. What, what I'm saying. I just I don't know what I'm saying is the officials. It, 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 it's becoming like a broken record. We could talk to a blue in the face, Dougie, because you know what? It sucks across the board. It stinks. Okay, well, my point, my point is... I, that, I don't that, remember that, 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 that specific me, that play, Doug. The whole concept, that, that could change the whole concept well, Doug, of the game. Doug, to be fair... Green. You know, that could, the, the game could have been totally different if they had made that call. That's what D- I'm saying. That would have been the first drive. Doug, That's all I'm saying. Doug, I would say this. I don't remember that specific penalty or non-call, but here's what I will tell you. Personally, and I speak for myself and the two eyes that I have because I was on the the sideline for the entire game. It was a gorgeous 80-degree day. The sun was out. I could see everything very, very clearly from quite a distance away, uh, even when the ball was down at the other end of the field. There were at least, at least a half a dozen calls that were of the very bizarre variety that all went against the Giants, either calls or non-calls. And that's just the breaks of the game. And when you're, when you're not an elite football team, those calls will prove fatal and you will lose. And, that, yeah, and that's I really agree. and that's I the agree, problem. The only thing I want to say about the Eagles, the Eagles haven't been scoring. They don't score like they did last year. Not at all. They're, they're, their secondary is giving up a lot of yardage, you know. So that's the one thing that's different from them about last year. So. Well, 
You know, Doug, the one thing that I will say, uh, and again, we don't want to get bogged down on the penalties, but I, I tweeted it out because I was disgusted. I wasn't, and I'm, I wasn't just talking about watching the Giants game because I was watching other games. The league has to do something, and they had better do it immediately. And my reasoning is this. These bad calls are awful. They're just awful. But think about this, Doug. How much more awful would it be if they happen, if it happens, uh, a colossal blunder in a playoff game or a Super Bowl? Then the NFL is really going to have a big-time, big-time problem on yeah. its hands. So they, they need to address this. You know, you know they can stay, sit in back and say all they want that – Hey, well, you know what? This is what the rule says. See, see, where I think the problem lies, a rules, it gets stipulated in such a way, and then the officials, if you will, they just depend on the rule. And then w when you approach the official to say, what the hell were you thinking about? Then they pull out, you see see the way the rule yeah. says, the rule says yeah. this, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah. And, and, you know, it's all BS. It's got to be okay, fixed well, immediately. I'm going to ask you both of you guys. You think they would make these calls in the playoff situation in the Super Bowl? You think they would still be making these calls well, uh, in a game like that? Well, Doug, thank you for the call, buddy. But if, cool. if you ask me, uh, I hope the hell not. But as I just said, that's the last thing they need. Because if they make these calls, it, as much as it's being spoken about now, it'll get magnified like in big, bold lights on Broadway. I mean, the NFL needs to fix this situation right of, right away. I have, Paulie, in all the years you're covering football, forget all the years you're covering it, in all the years you've been watching it, yeah. have you ever, to this degree, heard of a continuing week-in and week-out discussion on the officials? Yeah, it, it's actually been this way uh, for, for the last five or six years. It's yeah. just getting worse and worse. But now it's, it's at it's, its worse right worse. now. Look, it's, it's at its worst right now. I'm going to make this real quick because I know we got to run. Russ, I had a suggestion. I made this to George Young back in 1997 when he was a VP of football operations uh, with the National Football League after he retired from the Giants. George used to sit next to me in the press box, and we had such a great time watching games together, and George was just a wealth of football information. And I, I told him, I said, George, listen, if you really want to do something, and I, and I told him this then, I said, here's what you do. Find a better way to recruit better officials. I said, here's the thing. You know who the best officials may be? Really good college players from the NCAA who aren't good enough to become players in the NFL, but want to stay involved in the game. Why don't you guys recruit those guys? Let's say the safety from Nebraska, who isn't good enough to make the NFL. He's an undrafted rookie free agent. He gets cut in, in camp by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm just going to you know throw, throw these things out there. And now he's on the street. And he's a free agent, and he really doesn't have what it takes to make the NFL. He doesn't go on a practice squad. Why don't you recruit him to be like a back judge? And put those guys, because here's the thing. They played the game. They're obviously in shape. They obviously understand and know the game. They're young. So you also, you know, you, financially, you'll be able to, to obviously economically lowball them a little bit. You're not going to have to pay them tons and tons of money because they'll be starting out. Time out. Let me stop you right Recruit there. these guys. But let me stop you right there. It's a multi-billion dollar business. I'm not saying pay them like superstar players, but you want to know what? You, you can pay people yeah, but, a, a salary, a decent salary. But to be guys a, a, who are doing it 25 years have a lot more money vested because right. they got raises over the years is what I'm saying. You're not going to have to pay them at the top of the ref scale. You can pay them at the lower end of the scale. And what you do is you take these guys into a training program, okay, and you say, look, we're going to – don't you – how many people do this? They, 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 they get out of high school or they get out of college, and then they decide they want to learn a trade. And they go to a trade school. Mm -hmm. Why not have a referee's trade school supported and run by the National Football League to actively recruit NCAA players who aren't good enough to make a roster but want a career in the NFL as an official? They will understand the rules. They will understand the players' and the coaches' perspectives because they were part of it. These would be the best officials you could ever find. I, Cultivate these guys. I, I, I agree with you, uh, but whether it's well, – I don't, I don't care where they're coming from. It just needs to be fixed. Part of the problem, I think, with certain guys who are, are practice squad guys, like you say, you know, they're not making it to the big roster. 
you know, a lot of these guys, they just never want to give up the dream either. And, and you know, that, uh, you know, that could make recruit, recruitment difficult. But at the same point, I think that kind of idea has a lot of merit. I just think something needs to be done because I have never, ever had th this many discussions. I mean, since Sunday, it's, I've been just people coming up on the street I, I was running this morning, you know, coming back from my run, just getting ready to go in a car. People are talking about the penalties, not the field goal, not the killer field goal from 63 yards, not Odell Beckham. They want to talk about the penalties well, for that's, crying out that's loud. What's, that's what's happened because things have become so controversial and so many games have been cost by calls or non-calls. What do you expect the fans to say? I, I don't. I You know what? It, it's just... but. The frustrating part is, like, like you say, the league, it's a good league. It, it's highly successful. You, you know, there's, there's billions of dollars involved. And, and the officiating, I, I, I hate to be disparaging, but it's become a nickel and dime. I well, mean, it, it's, it's like it's a 10-cent joint. And I'll tell you what, Russ, if you don't like my idea about recruiting the young guys, how about, let's say, an older fellow like William Gay was in the league for a decade, right? Now can't make a team. He's, he's, he's been cut. He's out on the street. Can't make a team. Maybe you recruit him. Remember Leon Wood, the point guard played yeah. in the NBA? And after he retired, he became an, an NBA official. Well, I, I'll give you a... a, a These I, guys know the game. I can tell you this from a personal a friendship. Uh, I went to Brooklyn Tech High School. Ronnie Nunn was a star player a year ahead of me at Brooklyn Tech. He went to GW was a very good basketball player at GW, tried out, you know, tried out with the Knicks, tried out maybe one or two other teams. He wanted to stay in the game. Ronnie subsequently not just became a referee. Yeah. He became... Real good. He became the man in charge of referees. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he was the man. So there is merit to that. I, I, I no, the, your Thank idea you. has a lot of merit. No, I've no. been preaching this since 1997. I put this in George Young's ear. 1997. No, I, you get no argument from me on that. I, I, I think the idea has merit. I, I think, um, I, I think something needs to be done. Anyway, I, and, and it, it's just, it, it's become a situation where. It's ugly. But listen, we got, we got time. one more. Rick, you know what? You've been hanging on, buddy. We got two minutes, so uh, I don't mean to rush you, but you got to make it kind of snappy. Let's go to Rick in Pennsylvania. Hey, what's going on, guys? I just hey. want to tell you, I'd love to show up and watch, uh, listening to you guys uh, since the beginning of the season or before the season. I didn't even know about the Appreciate you sticking with us. But, uh, um, yeah, well, you guys were talking about how the Fox blacked out um, that last play. Well, out here in eastern Pennsylvania, it's kind of Eagles country right over the border of uh, New Jersey. I missed the kickoff, uh, the field goal. Oh. They, they didn't even show the field goal. Really? I, I oh, my, my phone God. To find out what was going on. Yeah, wow. they, 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 they went right from that. They went right from that, um, right from after they, you know, the, 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 you know, that third down, whatever that was. But, um, and the spike went right to the link. I'm oh. sitting there. I'm looking at Carson Wentz's jersey. He's warming up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, um, you know, I, and, and as far, as far as drama goes, I don't know if you guys brought up any of that earlier today yeah, or we did. anything to fend off anything with what happened with that interview. Um, just want to know, I, I, I wasn't happy. I'm sure a lot of people weren't happy either. Um, what, one of the things, only one thing in the interview, whatever he said about heart, whatever, I'm sure all that got worked out. There's one question that bothered me more than anything. I know. She what, asked him I know if, what, if he was... I know what it was. Were you happy in New York? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, $95 million. What do you say to that Hey, hey let, let me tell you something. If, I, if Odell was here, and, and, or if he asked me about it, uh, and Rick, thank you very much for the call because we're out of time. Please call again. Uh, yeah. If you want, call me back tomorrow. But I would, if Odell was here, I would say to Odell, Odell, if you don't like it, Go ask Mr. Mara for the sixty million back guaranteed. Forget the other thirty-five million. Ask for the, I, that was a screw up, and I, I don't believe I know that he knows it was a screw up. No matter what he says, I know in his heart he knows that was a screw up. It was a screw up. It was it was the wrong thing to say. That said, Odell, go take care of business Thursday night.
You want to be a leader? Go lead your team to victory. That's what you need to do. But I will say this, and Paul uh, verified it before. That locker room, you can say anything you want. The locker room is not divided. It's not close to being divided. It, 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 it's been a united locker room all season long. And whether, whether Odell screwed up or not, and you heard me say at the top of the show that he did screw up, his teammates love him. Nobody works harder on a team mm -hmm. than Odell. Whether you or I like what he said or not, that's the hard truth. But that right now is a wrap on today. I thank all of you for being part of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. For my buddy Paulie Das, Paul Dottino, I'm Russ Salzberg. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks again.